0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the, the Three Cast. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Horry, as usual. How are you doing,
1: Vince? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. Well, actually, no. You know what? Uh, I'm watching uh, the movie we're going to talk about. Maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable. Things don't date very well sometimes. Yeah,
0: this does not age well at all. Um, and we're, we're going to have to talk about the ending, because I do not understand the ending at all.
1: Uh, because apparently James Bond is the secret to immortality through voodoo? I mean...
0: Like, I, I, I don't understand the guy on the front of the train laughing like at all. I don't understand it. Um, but, uh, I'm we're, we're we're jumping ahead. We haven't even said we're so this yeah. is Trick Ass. We review movies and TV shows and comic books and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this time for I don't know. We started this in like God. It had it been 2019. I mean, it has to have been two years ago. We've been. I think it's
1: quite go- earlier, man. It feels that way. Uh,
0: it's been a long. I mean, the the funny thing is we've been reviewing the Bond films like one at a time. Uh, over the course of at least two years, mm-hmm. it, it, at this rate, will be done
1: sometime in 2042. We'll, we'll be done with the next James Bond, like the, whoever that guy is. Oh no, actually, they're talking about it might be a woman, right? Um, yeah, the,
0: supposedly it's a woman.
1: I don't, I don't know if, it, if that's official or not. Um, so whenever that movie person that franchise is over under that person, then maybe we'll get close to finishing. yeah, I don't know uh,
0: if they're all like this movie, I don't know if we'll continue <laughs> i, I,
1: <laughs> I think, don't know. I, honestly i it's kind of those things where you're like I feel dirty talking about it like,
0: like, like are can we just skip the entire Roger Moore period? I mean'cause jo I mean everybody made fun of George Lazenby that one movie he did, mm-hmm. but he was a better bond.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, 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 no. See, see, this is the thing. I actually grew up in an old, older age where, like, Sean Connery was the end of it, and for the most part of my childhood, it was Roger Moore, right? That was that was uh, the the D James Bond, right? All
0: right. So we we, we should say this. We haven't even given the title of the, the the film yet. All right, "Live and Let Die" was the movie we watched this time. Uh, this was the first Roger Moore movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, after. The, Sean Connery failed. I mean, yeah, so it's really weird. So Sean Connery started, and then George Lazmi did one, and then Sean Connery came back. Now, they tried to get Sean Connery to come back for this one. He refused. And then the studio, United Artists, tried to get Burt Reynolds to play 007. Oh. And he turned it down because he thought that he, the actor should be British. So then the Roger Moore came in. The Broccoli guys got the got Roger yep. Moore. So that's how the whole – roger moore thing came to be um vince you're always better at summarizing things can you try to summarize this movie
1: oh i don't know man um this is gonna make me sound like okay so excuse us listeners if i sound uh borderline racist on things because this is
0: uh, Whole the mortal. movie not me I- the whole movie's really racist, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like, if we thought that the last what was it, the one where uh, I can't remember the title, but it was the one where John Connery, James Bond, goes to Japan and they like gets like, oh look, they're Asian, so they know all kung fu fighting and stuff. So I'm not gonna get like it. it this this is next level racism. So, um, without getting into too much detail, um, basically, uh. It's, it starts off at the U, uh, United Nations, which happens to be in New York. And I just got a comment. The United Nations that they have for the set is such a garbage. It's like a, it's like a local cable TV version of what the United Nations should be. Um, so I, I mean, whatever they've spent on for money, it must have been on like snakes and sharks, but clearly they didn't spend <laughs> on on design, Okay. Yeah. So, they, they, uh, they didn't, the sets on this
0: movie were bad, but I think yeah. that's the reason, the reason why is because they had to spend all their money on the, "Quote unquote car and boat chases."
1: Oh, like yeah, like the boat going to the wedding was a yeah nice. Okay, anyways, um, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, uh, without going into too much detail, um, basically a whole bunch of uh, British agents, I believe, are are getting ki- picked off at the beginning of the movie, and th- th- it does their typical James Bond starter, where like a 06 or 08 gets killed, right? And so clearly a bunch of double O agents get killed in various parts of, of, of specifically, uh, Western Hemisphere. So I think it's like New Orleans, New York, and like, uh, a main, Caribbean. Island. Okay. yeah, the Caribbean, right? Yeah. And basically James Bond is get, it gets sent out into there, um, to kind of investigate. Um, and of course, what does the United Nations have to do with like, say, Harlem and stuff like that? Well, guess what? There happens to be uh this influx of drugs and unlike other bond villains where the megalomania of the bond villain is like i want to take gl- over the world or i want to change the global gold supply or, or or you know affect climate change no this one is uh pretty much pandering to what i would say is is the kind of era which is like let's talk about what's hip and cool dynamite kind of things so it's a black exploitation mm. connection for james bond which is kind of interesting to me cuz I didn't think of Ian Fleming thinking about, like, you know, in the 1970s or, yeah, there's going to be this big exploitation thing. So let's make a script for this movie. But whatever the case is, James Bond basically um, uncovers a plot that um, there's a local um, gang leader who's basically uh, giving away, uh, I think it's opium? It's opium or heroin. Heroin, yeah. Uh, So he's giving away heroin. For basically free to kind of take over the local uh, drug cartel, and, and and basically by giving it for free through his restaurants, uh, I think it's, was it the the fillet of soul or whatever I can't remember. Yeah, um, fillet of soul, yeah. Yeah, so so basically, uh, out of out of this one zone, um, this kind of drug lord is kind of giving out money. I'm sorry, giving out free drugs, so that he can basically squeeze out the the competitors. It also turns out later on that that same person is basically uh, the mastermind uh, where in a tropical island in the Caribbean, uh, they've actually f- found a way to grow uh, opium um, and, and, and the various poppy plants. So if you guys know, uh, that tends to come from Afghanistan and that zone. So they, gotta, they got it down pat. So essentially, this whole movie's core plot is about a guy that just wants to do a side hustle on drugs and u- using his kind of uh, uh, role as a very minor world leader on a made-up fictitious island um To kind of run havoc, uh, and of course this area, plus the New Orleans connection, um it, it, you know, a lot of the Caribbean zones uh, were kind. It's like it's basically Haiti knockoff, like for lack of a better term. They don't say yeah. Haiti, but it's essentially Haiti with voodoo kind of over uh, overtones. So the idea is that not only is this guy a big pimpin', and I I do want to say it's like black exploitation, like guys literally dressed like pimps, Um and, and like uh, it. it, it and so it, there's so many. Bad, bad stereotypes. And this is why I feel really bad talking about this in any level of detail. But suffice to say, there are pimps, there are like uh, Afro puff, like snarky, like, you know, twitch your, you know, bob your head, uh, you know, uh, very powerful black females. There's the, um, there's the, um, kind of witch doctor. There's the writhing kind of, uh, tropes of like, you know, mass hysteria with, 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 um, black folks celebrating, um, voodoo. So it, there's all this stuff kind of going down. Anyways, Bond eventually, uh, uh, discovers that, you know, uncovers the plot, but then the, the kind of, uh, crime boss happens to have a very steeped, uh, in, in voodoo kind of operation, which, I don't know the relationship between tarot cards and, um, voodoo, but apparently, even though there's everybody that's black, uh, they have this one white tarot card reader who, incidentally, I did not know until the credits came up at the beginning. And I was like, Jane Seymour's in this. I didn't think about that. And then I was like, yeah. Yeah, And I was like, where is she? Where is she? And I was like, oh my God. All this time, Jane Seymour was the white tarot card reader. Right and and essentially she uh is able to kind of um predict things and the the crime boss banks on her uh, her her kind of uh clairvoyance to find out stuff and make decisions ultimately james bond beds her by cheating which is i mean like it's not even the black thing it's also like just he cheats at tarot cards to basically sleep with her thereby removing her clairvoyance uh like that to me is like like you couldn't put that in a story nowadays, right? It's like man, that is that is, and and it's so it's so in passing, right? It's like she she's just sitting there in bed and he's like, yeah, rule number 1, rule number 2, right? Get out alive and all stuff or or whatever. And then she's just, yeah, well, I just no longer have my power and he's like, yeah, okay, well, let's just keep on going now. Um so eventually uh they they confront the boss, um the big boss uh reveals that he's actually the drug dealer as well as the kind of uh leader of the kind of um the iron. bad guys. He also happened to have two uh, henchmen. One literally has uh, an iron arm or like basically a strong arm. He's basically got pinchers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and the other guy is basically like, um, I don't know, uh, he's he's a voodoo prince, a voodoo, a voodoo witch doctor. And anyways, the bad guy eventually gets I don't know how it works out because um, James Bond is able to put this uh, expansion gas capsule in his mouth that we typically use for, what was it, harpoon guns or whatever, right? Or, or I can't remember what it was used for. But he hides in his mouth, and then he gets thrown into the tank with the sharks, with the bad guy. He takes it out of his mouth and puts it into the bad guy's mouth, which I don't understand. Like, technically, if anything, his head would blow up, not his whole entire body. But his whole entire body inflates, like, something out of, like, a cartoon, right? Right. And, and I don't understand also how he floats up. out, Like, you know, floating up into the top of the surface of the water makes sense. But he actually, like, goes full on, like, inflatable helium balloon and then explodes, right? And um, basically the last scene is they're riding on a train, and this is what Matt was talking about. Uh, they're on the train. There's a last-minute confrontation with the henchman with the arm, throws him out, and he was disarming. <laughs> Not to mention, of course, the main boss's guy. What was it? Um He has a – he's full of he – was, he was, he's inflated ego or he was full of himself. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah. there was like another James Bond pun there. And at the very end, after he's dispatched the, the, the armed bad guy, uh, there is at the front of the chain train as it's moving, um, this, uh, the, the witch doctor who previously was thought to be dead because he got thrown into this coffin full of poisonous snakes. Um, but of course, because it's a James Bond movie, whimsical freaks of nature happen and it just leaves on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Right. Is that pretty much it? I, I mean like that. Like... All right. Okay.
0: Uh, apparently Ricky is going to join us, but, um, Oh, great. So I made it awkward by talking about all the exploitation <laughs> stuff. Great. All right. All right. Well, uh, well, he can comment on it. it it's okay. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say because of the token white guy in the room, only thing I'm going to say about the, the, the race stuff is c- I, I, I'm trying to understand that at the beginning when the, in the, the funeral scene, yeah, you, you had, uh, it, 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 how do, how do I say this? Um, you're right. I, I I'm glad you took I'm glad you summarized cuz I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have done it. Um but there was the one white trombone guy. Like <laughs> like, like you got all these you got all these African Americans like down there having a funeral or whatever and you got the lily white trombone dude. Like, like could they not find <laughs> I mean I'm so confused. I, it doesn't make I, I, I it's just really weird. To me I the, the whole the whole thing Was was really weird to me, um, but but I'm just gonna put aside the whole the the whole race thing because you're right. I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Uh, This movie definitely could not be made today the way it was, right? I mean, oh yeah, no, no, right? But outside of outside of that, the, the 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 main like the main. Uh, nefarious plot of this thing—it it just seems so small
1: for Bond, did not it? I mean, I, I, yeah, and that's the reason why I think they had to pull in the the deaths of the MI6 agents at the beginning to make it so that there was something more Bond-related. Because outside of that, it could have been just like any, you know, New York cop—they killed my buddies—or like a yeah, but, CIA but, agent. I mean, but I, all right, I'm gonna add add Ricky, um, if I can find him on this yeah, list. But, but, but I, I would I would argue that, um, you know th- there are a couple of good points about about the kind of um connections to the James Bond franchise uh, because obviously they're introducing Roger Moore. I think one thing that was good was that um when they introduced him, it was they start off with the womanizing. I like the fact that, like, you know, that little, oh, remember uh, congratulations on the Rome thing or the Rome incident. And then it's like, yeah, And he also has that like he's he, it's he opens it up with, the movie opens up with James Bond in bed with like uh, clearly uh, another seducted, uh, seduced, seduced uh, woman from Italy, right? So it was kind of funny seeing that, and then also Money Penny hiding the the, the 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 girl in the closet, which I thought was, hey, she's an accomplice to this, right? Um So you know, there's a lot of the kind of cliche stuff that you see in most James Bond movies, um, and then of course there was the, I like the gadget stuff, the the the, the super hyper magnet that comes about on the watch, where I'm like. Mm -hmm. it it was like yeah well you know james uh it's used to deflect bullets and and it's like mm, maybe not so much and secondly it's like if this thing was so powerful right if that magnet was so powerful to be able to a deflect bullets and also like pull spoons and stuff technically couldn't james bond have used that magnet to like just pull himself to the handrails or something to like because it's so strong it would have been able to like pull him on the swinging cage to the actual handrail. It would have been safety. Everything would have made sense. But it was just kind of weird just to see, like, this is one of those instances where Hugh's gadgets were kind of, like, garbage.
0: Yeah. it The magnet in the watch thing was really weird because, I mean, it was strong enough to pull a boat, like, from across the river. <laughs> the, it rang once, so you'll have to call me again. All right, Ricky, oh. we don't have time for Skype. Nonsense, and Um, just the the. It was convoluted. It was convoluted at the beginning, right? Because. Hello. Hey, hey Ricky's Rick here. Yay! Hey. We got, we got the out? band together.
1: <laughs> this is the first so, time. so Rick, now that you're coming in late, I gotta say, you had us, um, Matt and I, just having to deal with the awkward situation of trying to give description. Are you, are you putting clothes on? <laughs> No,
2: no, no. I'm I'm trying to put my pencil to charge. Okay.
1: So the thing, Rick, <laughs> is that given the nature of this black exploitation James Bond movie, right? <laughs> it's really hard for us to talk about the movie without sounding racist. Like, I mean, I was mentioning earlier that it played to such pandering stereotypes. Like, if this was explicitly a black exploitation movie, it'd yeah. be like, yeah, okay. So there's there's Shaft. There's you know dynamite. Like it's like you yeah. know dolomites kind of stuff like i'd be like okay cool right because it's made by us for us and all stuff but this was made by the brocoli uh uh, the production it was united artists it was james bond so i kind of felt uncomfortable at points when it was like oh my god that guy's literally dressed up like a pimp oh my gosh that guy (laughs) is the leader of a black country and he's got like writhing people in his country like celebrating voodoo or or all nutty stuff where it's like or you got like, you know, Foxy Cleopatra kind of thing where, you know, like this kind of empowered black exploitation black uh, woman stereotype. So yeah, yeah. help me out. Did you not get offended watching this movie?
2: Um, Not really. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing, right? Like, um, because this is the one where they went to Jamaica, right?
1: No, 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 no. That was another one. Uh, oh, this that was one, they the went to a made up Caribbean country.
2: Oh okay okay. Um I don't know like for me it's hard right because uh, you know like I there's a lot of things that I watch and um you know it's like you know I don't really you know I can't say oh you know that that's offensive to me. Um I I think probably someone Who's African American probably would be more offended, right? But because I'm Jamaican, you know, it's, it's a very different, like our culture and, and stuff like that is, is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like, you know, they went around and, you know, they had like, you know, people, all the black guys were, you know, the gang members and, you know, all the white guys were the Wall Street bankers or, you know, like a movie like that. You know what I mean? Um So, yeah, for me, not so much. I think if it was someone who was African-American in American culture, I think they would probably find it more offensive. Hmm. It's hard
1: for me to explain. Well, I think that they're okay. So we, we, you know, I thought that you might feel that it might have been a little bit more, um, Bobby? kind of oh, <laughs> more inappropriate, but, um, <laughs> but the, the other side of it would be, yeah, sorry, Matt. <laughs> Matt, do you find that Thanks. when they kept on referring to white folks as, Bobby? hey, honky? Or like whatever. <laughs> Find it
0: offensive? <laughs> uh, we could give one good example. Oh boy!
2: The, the, I think the they white... were trying to balance it out. I don't They're think like was hey, balanced. Man. Let's <laughs> just <laughs> be racist to everyone, not just the white one... cop at <laughs> uh,
0: the, uh, the the white Louisiana cop the <laughs> with the chewing t- t- tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> like like <laughs> then then uh. uh my, my my cousin, Billy Bob, has the fastest boat in the whole river. That had nothing to do with... I, I, it, was just, it was bad, man. It was just so bad. The, the whole movie... Uh, Ricky, Ricky, what did you think of the movie? Uh, the, what did you think of this movie? I mean, I'm very curious because you tend to like movies... <laughs> they're bad, right? Well, no, no, I man. Hey, you want know to
1: say it, man. Just say
0: it. We, we make fun of you all the time, Ricky, but well, I no, like bad not movies. Yeah, I know. I'm a Jason Statham fan, okay? And he makes nothing yeah. but bad movies. So, <laughs> okay. Um, Okay. So, yeah, I
2: mean, every time we, we've we covered a James Bond movie, <laughs> like I've said it before, like I've watched them. You know, when I was younger, my parents loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I've always had that kind of outlook on it. And, and I mean, yeah, you know, when you're a, a little kid, you're not really looking at how, you know, certain races are portrayed in the movie. It's like, you know, it's a spy film. Cool. The cars, the gadgets. You know what I mean? So it's a total, I think that paints my, you know, perception of the movie, like, now I'll watch it and I'll be like, um, you know, like, oh, you know, I can see the way they portray, you know, certain stereotypes and stuff. But I think the, to me, the movie is old enough that I don't, you know, say, oh, I find that offensive, right? Like, I think if, if they did a movie like now, and had those stereotypes in it, I would be like, okay, that's just kind of ridiculous, right? Um, but, you know, seeing as the movie's older, I just probably overlook it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, like all James Bond movies, I laugh at at the things that are just ridiculous, like shooting, you know, a million bullets and hitting nothing. Um, but you know, I like it, you know, I will watch it over again. Would I watch it with my kids? Probably not (laughs) until they're like, you know, you know, 14 in their teens. Um, I definitely wouldn't let them watch it at like 10 when I watched it. Um, you know, that's just parenting differences now, I guess, but I don't think it's, you know, appropriate. Um, for the reasons like you said um but yeah i mean out of the three of us probably i like it the most i'll say it
0: i i find it very interesting because obviously i'm i'm younger than you old you old bastard <laughs> uh, right?
1: uh
0: so i didn't watch this in the theater back there when you know they're cranking it with the with the wheel or whatever um <laughs> So, <laughs> I obviously have a much. Of they sense. were
1: talkies, Matt. They were called
0: talkies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want know what? At least you guys had, phone uh, had sound. I mean, it could have been worse. They could have been silent movies. <laughs> yeah. well, well, actually,
1: um, I, got, I had a quick question about that. Did you notice, like, when, when, uh, in the New York driving scene, Matt, when at the end of the, like, in the crash and all that stuff, the cop car has like a phone inside the car, and it's like literally like a, a regular like handset, and it's like co- there's a coiled cable coming out of the car, and then it you can see he's talking clearly to like the police commissioner, and I was like, is this now Batman? Like I was like, did they did, did, are they trying to fa- make fake tech or something? Like I don't know when the history of cell phones came about, but it's like, well, it, it in the I
0: don't remember where Bond was, but he had. I, I think he was in New Orleans back after the after he and um the tarot car reader um what's his name Solitaire I mean, I, yeah Solitaire Solitaire a- after after they escaped the island or whatever and go back to New New Orleans I I think that's where they were, but for whatever reason he was talking to Felix lighter on like a like a cigarette lighter thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, oh yeah that was yeah yeah. Yeah. Development. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like okay, I mean all right fine. whatever. Car phones weren't But embedded- you know
2: what? It's like because I think you know it's a spy movie, right? I think they that kind of gave them free reign to do anything, right? It's like when you watch the Jetsons as a little kid, right?
0: <laughs> like they could yeah. have
2: floating glass houses that have no base, and they jump off into the air, and the little jet car knows where they're gonna land. It's like.
1: No, I, you know what they mean? I, I know what you mean on that, but the problem is that it wasn't, the, the police car was not a spy car. The police car was like a conventional cruiser, yeah, I, yeah, which made I it see. weird. Because, like, <laughs> it just dawned on me. I was like, this guy can't have a cell. Like, what the hell? Like, maybe a I, I wanted to see the inside of the car,
0: because it was possible that the car, the phone actually had, a, like, a rotary dial. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you, you guys, you can just imagine. The the cop is chasing after somebody, and in order to call somebody, he has to rotary dial
1: somebody while he's going down the road. Exactly, that's worse <laughs> than texting, so, man. Um, it's like it's so great. But <laughs> but, but you know what? It, it's so so outside of the like, kind of like the leaps of faith in the fiction. My other question was, and Matt was talking about this earlier. Ricky, man, I were just talking yeah. about the production values kind of were garbage on this and and I thought maybe at one point I was like oh yeah because if you look at black exploitation movies they had very little budgets to make those movies so like when james bond is fighting someone and literally the guy he's fighting uh the, the guy pops through the wall because the wall you can see is <laughs> clearly made out of cardboard like it, it actually looks like <laughs> cardboard and it's like dude that is like it 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 was such a, a badly made set and then when the explosions happen, you can so close, very clearly see, like, he sets, he sets these charges on the, on the kind of plantation, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. of these opium plants, right? And mm-hmm. he, he sets them all on fire, and then he presses the button, and he's running away, and then you see clearly, it goes to another shot of, like, a model sitting on someone's table, and it's like, boom! Like, it's like fireworks just going out of this, like, crappy little toy model. <laughs> and, and then, like, the, then, then, like, when the scene with the shark, like, so there's this shark in the water, and and of course they have to cut like a James Bond's uh arm to make sure they bleeds in the water to get the shark like so first of all it looks like you know someone just took a sharpie at some point like or like watercolor to to his arm to make it look like it was dripping but then when he's like low, they're going to lower him into the into the shark pool guess what it's so clear that like someone just took a a, a, a a I don't know a glass jar put a camera in it and threw it to take video like National Geographic footage of like crappy holiday video of sharks and it was just like, wow, this is such bad production. And, and I think, you know, and then it's like coming back to one of the comments that Matt made earlier, which is like, you know, Vince, when that funeral scene happens, it just seems weird. And and that, that someone get killed in the middle of New Orleans and no one noticed. And I was like, that's because they ran out of money to buy extras. Like if, if it was really New Orleans, <laughs> you'd have like at least a couple of hundred people sitting there and like throwing beads and stuff or whatever. Right. And yeah. uh, it was just like, no, it's just the cemetery parade that's happening at like seven in the morning. To really kind of get people to care, right? So it's just really strange. I, 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 think, yeah. I think the thing, is,
0: and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I really do think that, because we talked, we've talked throughout all the Bond series so far, that the driving scenes are always the worst. Because you can tell he's not really driving, right? You, like, the, the, the scene in the background doesn't match the steering wheel.
1: Um, but and in spent- this one, though, they actually – I would say that this one, they actually didn't look so bad because two things. A, it was in New York, which, I mean, is fictitious because there's no traffic. But the second thing was that um, he wasn't driving. It was the other guy that was driving, so he was in the back seat. So well, it- no, no.
0: My, my point was that in this one, they're actually way better because it looks like they actually were – they actually did the stunts, right? It looks – I don't know whether or not they did. But it looked much more realistic. I think I think what they did was they spent all their budget on figuring out the technology of you know actual car chases, (laughs) (laughs) and didn't have any money for the rest of it. But it's just um, (laughs) it's really weird. I I still keep coming back. Was there
2: any big actors in it that you could say maybe they spent their money on the actors?
0: No, No. that's exactly it. Not at that point. I mean. No. Jane Seymour. You know what? Maybe they this.
2: just you know what? Maybe maybe they just thought that um, it might not be a hit. So let's spend
1: as little money as we can. And, it's possible. Uh, yeah, that's right. You maybe know. but but you know what though? I will say, and this is how, how old I am, um, I will say that all the black actors, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, I know that guy from somewhere and it just seems to me, and this sounds terrible, okay, Rick, so just bear with me here. But <laughs> every black actor from that movie got somewhere. Like, it was crazy. It was like, if if I were to go in a time machine. Uh, that's my, not terrible. That's a good thing. No, come on, man. That's like saying, like, hey, do you know Denzel Washington? Do you know Morgan Freeman? Yes. Do you know... Black Panther? Yeah, they were all in the same movie. That doesn't, no, no, that, that didn't happen, right? Actually, Glory, that happened. But, but, that's a good movie. So, you know, if you look at, say, this movie, you look at the, the Voodoo Priest guy, he was the guy, pitch man for, um, Seven Up. I remember the commercial with Seven, the, the Ancola, Ha, ha, ha. Remember that? Remember those commercials? Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as an actor.
1: No, no, but then, then also the big bad black guy, the, the, the big drug dealer guy, He's actually, can I remember him from Alien? He was the black guy that wouldn't take crap from anybody in Alien, remember? So I was like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, every single one of these black actors, it, it's either they kicked it off, off, of, off of this James Bond movie, like, hey, white folks, we know black actors now, so when we need a <laughs> black actor, we'll bring that guy in. It was just weird, because I was watching, I was like, I know all these people, and again, I'm thinking, back in the early 80s, all of these black actors made it big somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. That was just nerdy. That was just nerdy age <laughs> history stuff for, for you there.
0: Pat. <laughs> uh, the the guy who played the CIA agent uh like Strutter, Strutter, I I don't remember his name. He was not in the movie very long, but he definitely seemed very familiar. He was in something fairly recently. Um I don't
1: Recently? know. this movie's like 40, 50 years old. Man. Recently, like within the like
0: last 20 years. That's some good plastic surgery. Yeah, seriously. No, Obviously,
1: he's aged. But I'm just I'm like, thinking <laughs> like hey, Jane Seymour. Like think about this way. When did this movie come out, Matt?
0: Oh, um, I think it was like '74. Okay. Um,
1: so so think about this for a bit, guys. Jane Seymour had to have been at least like 20 something, right? And chemistry. this, movie—it yep. came out in 1973? Yep. Yeah. Holy jeez. So this movie's like, what, 47 years old? Like, 48 years old? Right? It's almost 50 years old. So that's, <laughs> so, so if you add up, like, James Seymour's at least 20, maybe, what would you say? Because it it's hard to date with all those medicine, uh, the doctor, twin medicine woman, with all the plastic surgeons. <laughs> but it looked from that, from her footage there, that she's fairly young, maybe a 25, maybe? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, holy crap. Like, look at this. Look at like, I did not recognize her when I was looking at I was like, how is that, is that, is that, is that Jane Seymour? And I was like, this is the same lady who's Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. And also, who's like, the only thing I remember her from is, of course, Wedding Crashes with Vince Vaughn, right? Um, so <laughs> it was just weird to see. And I was like, oh my God, this woman's like a hundred. Like, she's like, uh, she's like, she's like the next Helen Mirren, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, the budget for this movie
0: was seven million dollars. Hey, maybe they blew it all on Jane on Jane Seymour. <laughs> well, this was her. I, I I don't know if this was her first movie or not, but it was definitely one of her first movies. So she could not have been very expensive. They tried to get mm. Burt Reynolds, so they obviously were trying to spend some money. Um, and the movie made 161 million. Um. <laughs> mm.
1: I, 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 That's not bad. That's not
0: bad. I, for that time period, it was actually really good. But I'm just trying, it has, this movie lived, uh, this movie made its success on the coattails of the other Bond films. It has. Oh, I think to, they always do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's true. But it, I, I, if this movie had, if they hadn't done that, like, intermediate, um, Sean Connery film, if this had come right after the George Lazenby one, this thing would have tanked. Okay? Because they would have, there would have been two bonds that they changed actors for right in a row. Um, mm-hmm. so there wouldn't have been any continuity whatsoever. Um, and not that there's any continuity anyways, but, yeah. um, but there would have been no, like, it, it would have been purely, people, people would have went to the movies purely on brand loyalty. Maybe that's what happened anyways, but. Well,
1: okay, can I, I chime in on this one? Because I will argue now, with, and it's going to be an unpopular opinion with, especially with Ricky. I will argue, that James Bond, <clears throat> the franchise from at that point in time in history, it was the Fast and Furious of its uh-huh. era. It had hot-looking <laughs> women. It was a lo- it was very hyper-masculine. No, I'll agree with it, that. It, just, you know, it was hyper-masculine. It was like completely implausible, stupid, convoluted plots, right? And, you know, of course, it's like cool gadgets, cool cars, all that stuff, you know, like you know, action-fighting stuff. So it was basically... You know, you could have put a straw man. You could have put, like, a dummy <laughs> into the mix. And it still would have been like, yo, is <laughs> it is is hot-looking cars and women? Okay, cool. Let's do this, right? And Incidency, Rick, I made the mistake one day uh, this past week of watching the trailer for Fast yeah. and Furious 9. What the hell am I missing? Like, they now have NASA? Like, they're, they're in space?
0: <laughs> Matt.
2: Okay, you know? I can't,
1: I can't.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched the full trailer, but I want to see it. It reminds me of the end of History of the World Part 1 with Mel Brooks. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, no, it's like, but, seriously, Rick, did you not watch the trailer for your favorite movie?
2: I said I haven't watched the full trailer. I've seen, like, short trailers. Here's the thing, right? If you're, if you're a fan of Fast and Furious, you've watched it from the beginning. No matter what, you're gonna watch it. And as long as they have, you know, crazy car scenes and, you know, Vin Diesel beating up John Cena and stuff like that, you know, you're gonna, they know they're gonna have audiences. It's mm-hmm. like, um, what was it? I can't remember if it was Jason or, um, or the other, uh, the other, um, Crazy nightmare, dude, that they had it like in space. Yeah, right. It's like seriously, you're taking it to outer space. But for me, like, I never liked those movies, anyways. For someone who's watched every single episode, I'm sure they didn't care that he was like, you know, (laughs) in the rocket ship in outer space, (laughs) right. right?
1: Well, the reason why I'm saying that just to finish this off the reason why I'm saying this outer space thing is because. Later on, I'm not sure if it's the next one, if the Moonraker is the next one, but eventually we're going to get James Bond in space real soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Right? That one. Not to mention, of course, uh, James Bond and how do you get away with it back in the 80s? Octopussy. Like, I, I just, <laughs> I, like, I, cause I know my Roger Moore James Bond movies, right? So I just thought that this, like, this is the, like, the Sean space Carter's one. is kind a- of, Go
0: ahead. The Space one is going to be really interesting in terms of production value because this stuff came out around the same time as like 2001, A Space Odyssey. All the space movies that just come out around that era. Um, it will be interesting to see how the production values kind of compare because, I mean, it's going to be – it's just it's going to be very interesting. One word on Fast and the Furious. I was, just want to make this comparison. Fast and the Furious is Call of Duty. You don't watch you don't play Call of Duty for the stories or any of that stuff. And if you do, you make a mistake. You're there to shoot people and kill Russians.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well the funny thing is, if you if you watched it since the very first one, they pivoted, right? Like the very first one capitalized on the street racing hype that was going on at the time. It was all cars, all races um, you know, there wasn't that much action. And then, if you watch the subsequent movies after that, once street racing became like, it became negative with lots of parents and, and stuff saying, you know, their kid was killed or, or that sort of stuff, they just pivoted and it became A spy their movie. cars and, yeah, there were fast cars, no racing anymore, no street racing. There were fast cars doing stunts and racing, but it wasn't street racing, no street racing scene, and it just became more about the um it was more about the 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 the, the stunts and the fighting and the you know more of an action flick, right? So it it's funny if you watch it to see the transition. Based on how society reacted. Mm -hmm. Um, and the funny thing is that, you know, that, and that's why they still have the cars to this day. They will not have a movie without the cars because the car crowd still goes to see it. Not as many because you have a lot of people who were in the street racing scene who went to see it because of that, but they still have exotic cars. You know, and, and for instance if you watch the first movie, heavily they talk about modifying the cars. There's scenes in the garage. There's scenes with the car parts. They don't show that anymore. They're modified cars, but there is nothing about how it's modified, who modified it or whatever. It's just they pull in with exotic cars, modified cars and stunts, right? They jump out of the just car and stink. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you (laughs) know, it's uh,
0: like, that is the deepest take I've ever heard on Fast and the Furious, Ricky, and, um, I'm disturbed.
1: Well, (laughs) I I think that that just if you, again, if you, again, I had the unfortunate instance of having to watch the damn trailer, and, uh, it ties (laughs) in. Well, it's
2: okay, you're gonna you didn't have to watch the whole movie. No, 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 but it ties (laughs) in,
1: it does tie into this movie, the James Bond movie, because I, I was talking earlier about the gadgets, and it just seems that, some ideas or tropes, Listen, some gadgets don't die, yes. and in the Fast and Furious trailer, they clearly develop know, a I super think, magnet. I don't, right? I don't think I have it. And I don't. Oh, think sorry. They, yeah, my son's going back to class, so yeah. Here, I'll mute myself. Okay. <laughs> when, when, when <laughs> I, I was going to say that in the Fast and Furious movie, they actually, the trailer clearly shows that they've developed a super magnet that lets them essentially do the same thing that James Bond's watch uh, does in this movie. So it's just stupid ideas. Don't die. Um, so yeah.
0: All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, Vince, what would you give this movie?
1: Man, you see it looking at through like, you know, Ruby tinted glasses here, man. Cause, uh, I, I honestly, Roger Moore was my James Bond when I was a kid. Right. So, um, you know, it's to me, it's still a solid two out of 10, but I mean, (laughs) It, that, it's pretty much out of nostalgia that I kind of give it those credits, because it's it's
2: it's difficult. To One watch. out of five, and it's all nostalgia. <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> Holy. Oh, yes, wow,
0: Ricky. What would you give this movie?
2: <laughs> um, so definitely I would give it a four and a half out of five. <laughs> Whoa! No! <laughs> no! No! I'm just kidding. I wanted to see you guys' reaction. <laughs> No, you know what? So, I'm pretty sure you just
1: killed
2: you. Vince. <laughs> no, no. Um, Honestly, I would probably give it a 2 out of 5. And like Vince, that's partially nostalgia. It's not something I would, you know, be racing to watch again. It's not something, like I said, that I, you know, when my kids reach that age and, you know, we're going to watch all the Bond films, we'll see it because it's in there, but it's not something that I'd be like,
0: oh, let's go watch this,
2: right? So, yeah. Mm.
0: All right, so uh, I'm going to uh, be the curmudgeon, I guess. I know, I'll
2: actually ask one question after Matt um, gives his rating. It just popped up to me, so I'll, I'll ask you guys that before we
0: end off. Okay. I am giving this a zero out of five. I'm giving it no Ooh. points. Um,
1: Ooh, wow! Right.
0: And, and, and my reason is, and it's so convoluted and so because there's no reason for this movie to exist. There's no there was no reason for this movie to be a James Bond movie because there was... the plot was too small for James Bond. It, 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 this was an this was there was a reason why they wanted an American James Bond for this because the 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 plot was entirely American, right? The the, the the, the United Kingdom, other than their three agents being killed at the beginning, which they completely abandoned the plot of throughout the movie. I think like, you've never heard of the, the – the, those three agents or the consequences of that again. It was – all became all about the heroin smuggling, uh, which, would, which would which would have been an American problem. They even tried to pass it off to the CIA and Vaughn got that kind of pulled back in, right? <laughs> the – so like, there's like no reason for Bond to even be there other than those three agents, and they like they abandoned that. Was
1: mm-hmm.
0: the plot just seems so small compared to? It, it just did not fit the rest of the Bond films because all the uh, like Vince said at the beginning, all the Bond films are about the the villain trying to take over the world. This was this was a a small time drug dealer trying to get everybody addicted to heroin. I mean it was really weird. Um, so yeah, <laughs> zero out of five. I would never watch this movie again. Uh, but then I haven't come across one one Bond film in the ones that we've watched, not recently, but the, w- the recent ones. But the, the the first few, I haven't found one that I'd watch again. So that's me. Ricky, what was your question?
2: Um, so I just wanted to ask, right? I think it's kind of interesting. Like lately, we've seen a lot of things are getting retconned, like things of that older era, right? Like now where the world is a lot more politically correct. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the franchise, you know, maybe will step away from it or they just think it's too old? No one's going to care.
1: No, that's why you they got kind of the- a black female James Bond coming around the corner or something, man. Like <laughs>
0: What? Yeah, but
2: but the thing is, right, That exactly that, so when that comes out, like, pundits might go back in time and say, oh, look at, you know, look at this, like, do you think they're gonna try and distance themselves and, you know, it's like, just like the, what was it, the WWE or something, so they put out that boilerplate, we're really sorry we did it at that time, blah, 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 Oh dude, yeah, I don't know about my this. Thing, what is right? this?
1: Like what is what are you talking about the WWE? So
2: basically, you- I can't remember if it's WWE or WWF, but um there is like um there's a time when Vince McMahon or someone was on on the uh, thing and they were doing or no, one of the wrestlers was doing blackface or something. Oh no. And yeah, and so, like, the WWE came out and made a statement and and said, like, you know, we're really ashamed of ha- having that happen. And they took the match that, where it happened, they took it off so no one can see it anymore, oh, okay. right? So, like, but my thing is, it happened, like, years later. If you were ashamed, you would have said it, like... Not then, because obviously times were a bit different, but you wouldn't have waited for, like, you know, a decade to, 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 to then, you know, apologize, right? Like, a whole decade it took you to realize that happened and apologize? You know what I mean? To me, like, when that happens, it's just like, okay, come on.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know whether or not we'll see that for, like, the James Bond stuff, Yeah.
2: I always just find it interesting when you look at the old stuff like that, and then now, you know, with the times we're in, to see whether they react to it or they just say, oh, it's old enough, no one's going to
0: care. Well, I mean, they still play. Blazing Saddles on TV every once in a while? So. No, do they? Yeah, yeah I mean, cable, it's cable TV, They needs to play it. Now, they, they obviously the take edits? out... 10-minute like running what's time? You no, know, they take out some of the the, 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 the like so the the really roll roll bad roll. stuff. Like, a, a, every N-word is out of it, obviously, and then they take out the, the one about the Native Americans. Oof, they're going in circles. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm the white guy. I still like that movie. I can't help it. It's funny. Brooks is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> he was making fun. It, it was. It's a. Never mind. I. I brought it up. Anyways, um, that is it for us this time. Uh, I have no clue what we're coming up next with. Ricky, it's your turn to pick one. So. Uh, oh. Okay. Good. Uh. Yeah. So. I'm uh, gonna
2: look through all the Fast and Furious. No. A no. And no. I
0: haven't done. <laughs> Uh, there... <laughs> Vince and I will be absent for that show Just let you know <laughs> it, It's just going to be A solo a, uh, show It's just going to be Ricky going on for 40-45 minutes About how great that is I don't know if anyone would want that <laughs> Alright Anyways, Ricky will be choosing your next one uh, Thanks for watching, we'll see you next time Take care guys Alright
2: everyone